China announced a surprise cut today. Argentina devaluated its currency by 18% on Monday, and Russians will meet today in an emergency meeting to decide what to do after the dollar-ruble spiked above the 100 psychological mark for the very first time since the invasion of Ukraine last year. Now, mayhem in the emerging market currencies further back the US dollar yesterday, and today investors' focus shifts to the U.S. retail sales data. So welcome, this is Swiss Codes Daily Market Talk. So China surprised by cutting its one-year medium-term lending facility rate by 15 basis points to 2.5% today to give a jolt to its economy that has not only completely missed expectation of a great, great post-COVID economic recovery, but that also deals with a deepening property crisis and morose consumer and morose investor sentiment nowadays, which is obviously worse by the country garden crisis and the missed payments from the finance giant Jongji Enterprises last Friday. Now, data-wise, unfortunately, things looked as worrying as we expected them to look when China released its latest set of economic data earlier this morning. And the data told us nothing good, as I said. Growth in industrial production in China unexpectedly dipped to 3.7%. Retail sales unexpectedly fell to 2.5%. Unemployment worsened, while growth in fixed investments dropped further. Therefore, the People's Bank of China's surprise rate cut will hardly reverse appetite for Chinese investments as meaningful and quite a decent fiscal stimulus becomes necessary. This is at least what investors think right now. I mean, look, foreign investments in China fell to the lowest level since 1998. And the 13 F filings actually show that Big Shores Michael Burry. You know, he already exited Alibaba and JD.com, and that was just a few months after increasing his exposure to these Chinese technology giants. So the Hansang index remains under a decent selling pressure today, while the Chinese yuan fell to the lowest levels against the US dollar since last November. So that was just before the post-COVID reopening, and also crude oil stagnates around the 82.5. $50 per barrel level this morning. So we are close to where these prices were yesterday morning at around the same time. Now, tight supply and warnings of increased risk to shipping near the Strait of Hormuz, which is, mind you, a strategic waterway for oil transit for exporters like Saudi Arabia and Iraq, will certainly help tempering the selling pressure that we have these days on China-related issues. But the demand side in oil markets is weakening, that's for sure, and that could stall the oil rally at the actual levels and even force a return off the barrel of US crude toward the $80 per barrel psychological level in the next few weeks as worries regarding the Chinese recovery are real and China will have to deploy further and perhaps massive stimulus measures to fix things, as I said just before, and uh, to bring investors back 
on their side of the table. And if that's the case, however, well, oil prices could take another lift and that could happen simply because while well, the crude oil shortage remains one of the major talking points, one of the major topics in the energy markets these days and this half of the year. And global oil demand reached a record of 103 million barrels per day in June. And recession or not, or Chinese economic stagnation or not, that oil demand is expected to hit 105 million barrels per day by the end of next year. And all this combined to a decided output restriction strategy by countries like Saudi Arabia to push prices higher, while the gap between supply and demand will likely only widen in the medium run and that could actually back a further rise in oil prices toward the $90 per barrel level in the medium run yet 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 above this level above the $90 per barrel level I think that the market returns would easily switch to higher inflation uh, higher probability of recession and further central bank tightening as a result of it and we won't see the $100 per barrel levels again in the oil market so that's my expectation Elsewhere, well, Argentina devaluated its currency by 18% to 350 per dollar yesterday and hiked its interest rates by 21 percentage points to 118% after populist Javier Milei won the presidential primary over the weekend, while the dollar ruble traded past the 100 psychological mark for the very first time since Russia invaded Ukraine last year and the Indian rupee traded near record against US dollar as well. I mean, record low, right? So all that helped the US dollar index shortly trade above its 200-day moving average at yesterday's trading session, just a day before the release of the latest FOMC minutes, which could hint that most Federal Reserve officials were certainly quite happy with the progress on the US inflation front, but not yet convinced that their war against inflation is won just yet. And given the rebound that we see in global energy and food prices these days, well, the Federal officials' careful approach towards inflation actually looks like it makes sense to me. A completely unofficial but interesting true inflation metric actually points that true inflation in the US may have bottomed near the Federal Reserve's 2% monetary policy target, but is getting higher these days. So that's certainly why the US two-year yield continued its advance toward the 5% psychological mark at yesterday's trading session, even though the latest survey from New York Federal Reserve showed that inflation expectations actually recorded a sharp drop to 3.6% for the next 12 months and they fell to 2.9% level for the next three years in the US. So the same survey also showed that the mean unemployment expectation for the US fell by one percentage point, giving support to Goldilocks or the soft lending scenario for the US economy. And Goldman now expects the Federal Reserve to cut interest rates in the second quarter of next year. And the bank also said that it expects the core PC in the US to have fallen below the 3% mark by that time. So today, investors will focus on US Empire Manufacturing Index and the retail sales data from the US and earnings from Home Depot will also hit the wire throughout the day, while expectation for the US Empire Manufacturing well points at a negative number. 
that's due today. Consensus for July retail sales in the US is a slight acceleration on a monthly basis. And any improvement that we could see on the US retail sales data or Empire manufacturing data prompt is poised to further back the pricing of soft landing and give a further boost to both the US dollar and to the US stocks, even though, even though I still think that the rally and the technology stocks, especially the mega cap stocks, should continue fading from the actual levels and give way to a further advance in energy and industrial stocks in the next few weeks. So despite mayhem that we see in emerging market currencies, the S&P 500 recovered at yesterday's trading session as Nasdaq 100 advanced more than 1% with technology stocks leading the rebound at yesterday's trading session. The technology stocks had their best day in two weeks, mind you, actually thanks to another wave of speculative buying in NVIDIA stock, which was one of the best performance of yesterday's trading session with a 7% jump after a Morgan Stanley analyst reiterated his $500 per share price target yesterday for NVIDIA. Now, the thing is, NVIDIA actually greatly benefited from the AI speculation from the start of this year after the company gave out a jaw-dropping forecast of 11 billion US dollar worth of sales for the current quarter. That's a huge forecast. So Nvidia is due to report its second quarter earnings next week and missing that huge forecast for sales could be a major blow to the Nvidia's share price, at least in the short run after a massive, massive amount of inflows came to inflate the Nvidia's share price since the beginning of this year. So the chances are that some investors, at least some of them, could actually choose to take profit and walk into NVIDIA earnings announcements quite flat. Elsewhere, well, Tesla didn't benefit from yesterday's technology, really unfortunately, and the share price closed the session below the $240 per share level after cutting its car prices in China yet again. So the latter news weighed on profit expectations as techno king Elon Musk is trying hard and actually making, well, some good progress in gaining market share for his Tesla cars. But he also needs to make money and increase profit to please investors. So this is all for today. I'm Ipek Oskar Deshke and thank you for joining me today and thank you for all your beautiful and supportive and interesting messages. I hope this episode of Market Talk has also been helpful and insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions and your questions below as usual. And follow us on Instagram, on X and on LinkedIn for regular market updates and subscribe of course to our youtube channel for daily market comments i will meet you again tomorrow and until then good day trading